Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Pour yourself a cold one. Let's drink them, huh? And listen to Russ Tucker break down the top college prospects on another tasty edition of The College Draft. Yeah, it is Daddy Soda time here on the College Draft Podcast, presented, of course, by DraftKings Sportsbook. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, five teams, seven years. If you check us out on YouTube, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL, you can see the different teams I played for, at least the helmets of the teams I played for in my background. Also always available on our social media clips at Ross Tucker Pod, Twitter, Instagram, or me at Ross Tucker NFL, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. I'm at all of those places and really, really enjoy it. The star of this show, though, it's Emery Hunt. I'm such a huge fan of his for so many different reasons the work ethic, the fact that he likes lower level football like I do, quote-unquote lower-level football like I do. The fact that he looks at, uh, loves football at all three levels, high school, college, and the pros. Because really, if you really love the sport, wouldn't you? Like the people that are only into the NFL or only into college, I'm always like, hmm, okay. But like, <laughs> if you really love the sport, wouldn't you kind of love every aspect of it? Now, I don't go as crazy on the other leagues as Emery does, but gosh, I have two kids. He doesn't, so that's my excuse. <laughs> At F-Ball Game Plan on Twitter, Football Game Plan on YouTube. He also has the draft guide, which, look, it won't be here for a couple months probably, but you got to sign up for it now. You got to make sure you're on the list. Footballgameplan.com slash 2023 draft guide. This will kind of be a hodgepodge episode, Emery. A bunch of things to talk about, right? Like the playoff rankings, the the Heisman, Army Navy, um, Dion, his speech to the Colorado kids and to the Jackson State kids. There, there's a lot to get to. Uh, we can start, by the way, is it next week we'll be able to start breaking down some of these bowl games? Um, I don't know when the first one started. I had to pull them up. But I think I think next week we could start to break down some of those first bowl games that that will be coming up. Maybe let's start with that. Maybe let's start with the playoff rankings, Emery, and just your thoughts on the final playoff rankings and the teams that made the playoffs and even maybe below that, if that interests you as well. You know, Ross, it, obviously it was a, a long, you know, debate all throughout the – you saw the debate start um, <laughs> when TCU took the field. I think we called it that Kansas State was going to win that game. Uh, so everybody kind of knew TCU was treading on thin ice, so you started to see the campaign start somewhere around the second quarter. Well, TCU shouldn't, you know, be punished for losing this game or, you know, TCU – 
uh, you know, a team like Alabama shouldn't be rewarded for watching the the game and like why y'all game planning and, and and campaigning for TCU? I'm like, yo, I want to see more Utah. I want to see Utah in there now. Or how about we make the case for USC? Clearly, it was a different game when Caleb Williams was hurt. Now we don't know how healthy he would be for the playoff game, but man, you could also make the same the case you're making for TCU. You could make for USC. Um, Bama to me was was a long shot anyway, and nobody wants to see Tennessee in there with Joe Milton throwing rocket shots five yards away or six six hundred yards away. Nobody wants to see that. Although Joe Milton did look improved from the time we saw him uh, last year. I digress though. I think you know if the only issue I had was TCU at four, but I understand it. No, TCU is at three. Oh, they're at three. Okay, I understand TCU at three. Yeah, yeah, TCU's at three. Michigan, Michigan's two. They play TCU, who's three. Georgia and Ohio State playing each other, one and four, which is interesting because I think TCU should be three. Right. I, I thought they got it right. TCU should be ahead of Ohio State because they, TCU had an awesome year. They had to play that extra game, and so they, you know, they lost in overtime to Kansas State, whatever. But Man, Michigan, I feel like probably benefits from that. I, 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 you can't tell me Michigan wouldn't prefer to play TCU than have to play Ohio State again this quickly. And maybe they'll just run them over again. Maybe they're just better, and that's possible. But it's not easy to beat a team twice. Although Utah did it pretty convincingly against USC. Um, I personally think they got the first four right. Even after that, Alabama should be five. Tennessee six is a little bit debatable to me. Um, I do think it's interesting. Penn State, I think, was eight. And they didn't play. And then they dropped down to 11 because Utah jumped over them by winning. Clemson jumped over them by winning. Kansas State jumped over them by winning, which is fine. They all won important big games. So it's fine. Penn State's in the Rose Bowl anyway. But I, I, I think they got the first four right. You know, really, Emery, it's the four teams that have – it's the two undefeated teams and the two one-loss teams. Everybody else after that has at least two losses. Yeah, and, and, and the fact that USC lost to the same team twice eliminates them. You know, so – but for me, it's just like – I mean, if you're going to – if everybody wants to Ohio State in – just make Michigan-Ohio State the first-round game because isn't Ohio State playing Georgia first? Yeah. So do we really want a Michigan-Ohio State? I mean, I guess TV-wise, you want that game potentially to be a championship game for all the the, the marbles. But, you know, it's just I, – I feel, I feel like – and I tweeted this out during the game. I'm like, man, I feel like Georgia against anybody should be a 10-point or at least double-digit favorite against – the field in Michigan, Ohio State, TCU. I just feel like this is Georgia's championship to win. I feel like there's not a lot of great storylines. Maybe the Harbaugh angle, but I feel like this is about to be chalk, in my opinion. Georgia's very, very good. It feels really hard to go undefeated two years in a row all the way through. I mean, that was we be, saw that. What's that? When the last time we saw that? I don't know. It's historic, though. Right? Because even like the years where Alabama wins back-to-back, 
they always like lost one game during the regular season. Has Georgia even had a game that's been in single digits this year? Missouri. What? The Missouri game. I think they beat Missouri like 34-29 or some some crazy number like that. Yeah, that Missouri game was like or 29-22. I'll tell you right now, it was a, it was a ridiculously close game out the blue in Missouri, I feel like it was uh as well. Wow. That's nuts. Um I feel like if TCU beats Michigan, I think there's good storylines no matter what. If TCU beats Michigan, they're like the Cinderella, right? Right. TCU is kind of the Cinderella that like all the group of fives or everybody else can kind of root for. Like I'm rooting for TCU. I think that's amazing. I love the Max Duggan kid, like that game against K-State and him at the press conference crying. I love that. Like that gets me um that gets me emotional because I love it that much and I care about it that much that I love seeing other people that care about it that much. You know, it means that much because it freaking means that much. That's why. Because of the time invested into it. And so um Especially I would love if, if TCU beat Michigan. You know, if Georgia all these storylines are great, right? Michigan gets the national championship game. That's cool. Michigan-Georgia rematch of last year in the playoff. Michigan-Ohio State would be like, oh, man, they're playing them again. That's wild. Um, And then can you imagine, like, Michigan would immediately lose bragging rights for the last couple years if Ohio State beat them for the national championship. It's like beating them the last couple years would totally go out the window. Um, Georgia going for history, because I can't remember the last time a team went – because – they will be going 28-0, 12-0, plus SEC championship, plus national championship. Oh, no, 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 no. Georgia lost last year. They lost the Bama. SEC championship. Right, they lost to Bama. I'm an idiot. Georgia lost in the SEC championship to Alabama. All right, forget what I said. I'm a moron. But at any <laughs> rate, still Georgia going for back-to-back, which is cool. Um. So anyway, I think there's good storylines no matter what. I think they got it right. I don't have a big problem with the teams below them, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. I mean, we could we could gripe just to gripe. But I don't I don't really have a big one. You know, and it's fascinating because this weekend was the perfect case for playoff expansion. Like this was perfect based off how games went. Like wow, I wonder if USC could you know get in as a 12 seed and make their way through with a healthy Williams man Tulane looks really impressive I wonder if they can perhaps be the Cinderella how about Utah they're starting to catch fire at the right time and you know so there's a like now we get to experience what every other level of college football has experienced the playoffs you know a true playoff system um even though we'll complain about that once it gets here like you know we'll see 11 SEC teams in um, you know, well, they just play the best schedule. You know, they'll find a way to get multiple SEC teams in. But I'm glad this weekend kind of made the case on why you need expanded playoffs. And I saw Georgia did beat Missouri 26-22. It's crazy. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I forgot about that. That's crazy. I didn't forget about Sling. 
Emery, Sling is the most valuable option when it comes to finding your favorite channels with the best deal for sports, news, entertainment, best live TV content all in one place at the lowest price. Watch every touchdown live every Sunday afternoon with NFL Red Zone on Sling. For a limited time, you can get Sling Blue and add on Sports Extra with NFL Red Zone for half off your first month. So it's regular 46, now only 23 bucks. Think about that. You get the best deal on Red Zone for the rest of the season, so you catch all the touchdowns at the lowest price with Sling TV. Visit sling.com slash DraftKings to sign up. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Today. All right. Let's talk about the Heisman, Emery. When do they announce that? Saturday night, right? Yeah, it is tonight, this weekend. It's always after the, uh, it's always after the Army-Navy game because I'm always driving home and I listen to it. It's like an hour or two hours and then they wait till the very end <laughs> to announce it. Who? Um, what would be your ballot of top three or top however many you want to go? I will listen. I, I'm a traditionalist, right? And we've been accustomed to seeing these things play out this way. It's usually, you know, the team that has the, the, the usually number one team, the quarterback is there or the star player from the team is there. I thought this would have been a perfect year for a defensive player like Will Anderson to win it. So I am going to go number one, Stetson Bennett. I said that last year. He should have at least got the invite, you know, because he was a you know, he was a number, he was a quarterback on the number one team going into playoffs or whatnot. Should have been there at least get the free trip this year. I think he should win the doggone thing with how well he's played and how he has been the productive piece on that offense. So I like Stetson Bennett, number one. And because I am, you know, a uh, agent of chaos, I am going to throw in someone off the radar, someone that no one is talking about. How about we throw in one of the best playmakers in college football for the Heisman. How about we throw in Lindsey Scott Jr. from Incarnate Word, the quarterback. I'm pretty sure you've seen the viral touchdown clip. Stu has like 54 touchdown passes uh, in the season. Um, and they're in the playoffs. They won last week against Furman. I'm throwing him in there. He's not He's not number two, but he's going to be, you know, he's going to be the, the Steve McNair of this class. He'll be my number four. Number two, I'm going to go with, you know, someone that has also been outstanding every time we watch him play. We see him do great things. How about we throw in Blake Corum, you know, at number two? I still want to reward him for the year he's had. He was box office. He was great. Answered the call every time. Uh, he's number two. And at number three, I'll go with Max Duggan, you know, especially coming off the performance uh, that he did. You know, I, I was just shocked that K-State couldn't figure out that he was running the football that whole drive. You know, and the fact that he was gassed, they were gassed, Everyone on that field in that on that drive was gassed that he still found enough to get into the end zone um, and lead his team. So I will go Bennett, Corum, Duggan, and the wild card, Lindsey Scott. Interesting. Okay. No Caleb Williams. Mm, 
If if I had if I if I didn't want to be chaotic, Caleb Williams would be four. Okay. So I think I'm gonna go um Caleb, it's supposed to be the most outstanding player in college football. That's what this that's what it says on the trophy. Yeah. So I'm gonna go Caleb Williams number one. Mm-hmm. I thought he was the most outstanding player in college football this year that I saw. Um I thought he was just really, really good. Number two, I'm going to go Stetson Bennett. I thought he was awesome. I, I don't know why. I Stetson Bennett is the equivalent of like the late round pick or the undrafted free agent that doesn't make the Pro Bowl for two years after they should have made it because <laughs> they entered the league as an undrafted guy. So they entered the – the, the league so low on the totem pole that they just don't get the love until it's, you know, until it's way later than they should, right? Like the Kevin Byard or something, right. middle Tennessee state. Like you don't even know who they are until they've been awesome for three years. That's Stetson Bennett because he was a walk on or whatever. He's just good. Like no more qualifiers, no more. Uh, he's pretty good for like a little white guy. No, no, no. He's right. just good. He's just good. Um, so he's number two for me. Number three is close between Max Duggan and Bryce Young. You know, I know they lost a couple of close games. That wasn't Bryce Young's fault. I mean, I, I, it's unbelievable how many games he made play after play after play when Alabama had to have it. He would win the Heisman this year if Nick Saban had his defense figure out what the heck they're doing, Alabama would be undefeated and he would have won it again, back to back. If Nick Saban could get his defenses, you know what together. Mm-hmm. And this was not your typical Alabama O line. And he still ran around and made plays. So I'm going to go one Caleb Williams, two Stetson Bennett, three Bryce young four Max Duggan, Max Duggins for the same logic and uh, and reasoning that you gave Emery. So that was fun. I like that. I like kind of going through. Let me ask you this, Emery. Since this is the college draft podcast, talk to me about Stetson Bennett and Max Duggan as NFL players potentially. All right, I'll start with Duggan first. And Duggan to me is a little bit too. Um, I would say up and down from a passing perspective. I tweeted this out during the game as well. I felt like in the third or fourth quarter, that his entire passing tree was either throwing for pass interference or throwing an interception. Like it was just, it was no in between. It was like, hey, we're going for the extreme. We're, we're, you know, we're driving the motorcycle out of the helicopter, right? So that's how he was throwing the football. The running is fine. You like the running, you like the toughness, all that good stuff. Um, the passing was far too inconsistent. There, there were opportunities in the game where he was, you know, they had guys open, you know, put it out in front, you put it out, lead the guy a little bit, have a little bit more anticipation. So I just feel like I would take Stetson Bennett before I would take Max Duggan from a pro prospect. Bennett is someone that plays the game like Doug Flutie, right? Where he plays scrappy. He plays um, with some confidence. You know, he's not afraid of pressure. You know, when he runs, he's running to to score. He's not running to slot or not shocked that he's out there running. Oh, my God, I'm, I'm taking off. Like, Bennett can ball. 
And but we know how the NFL is. We know the NFL will knock him um, for his height or how he entered college football. Um, they're gonna the NFL will find a way to to use every other negative against him. I mean, you know, the last time we took a guy that started as a walk on in a draft was Baker Mayfield. Look how that turned out as if that's a, as if a plus B equals C in, in that situation. Right. But Bennett can ball and Bennett has shown you not only th- that he can ball, but he can lead from the front. And also he's big in big time games. A lot of those throws against LSU this past weekend was fantastic. He was putting the ball where it needs to be. He has a stronger arm than, and uh, people give him credit for. I think, you know, but again, same, if you like Hendon Hooker, you like Stetson Bennett because you can't use the age thing because they're both 29 years old, 45 years old, whatever the case may be. You know, they're both 25. But I, I think Bennett can be at least a, a solid, you know, QB2 with QB1 upside. It could be Colt McCoy, you know, which is fine. You know, so I like Colt McCoy. I always have. I think Colt McCoy's career would have been different had they not shattered his shoulder in that championship game against Bama. Um, but I like McCoy and I like Bennett. I think Bennett, to me, has a better uh pro prospect than max duggan i'll uh, and i will say this last thing about the heisman if i let's take out Lindsey scott jr right let's put in another agent of chaos if we talk about both outstanding how about harold perkins how about we put harold perkins at four yeah that guy that guy it's a shame that he can't go to the nfl right. i mean it's rare he's true freshman right true freshman it's rare to see a true freshman be like yeah, he could be like he he could play like next LeVar year. Lavar was as a true freshman. Who? Lavar Arrington. Yeah. Oh yeah, he could play. Uh, Micah Parsons. Yeah, he could play as a as a true freshman. Um, speaking of playing, Labat Blue Light always plays. Always. There's no better way to watch your team on game day than with the pristine Canadian goodness of a cold Labat Blue Light in your hand. Stock up. Be the MVP of your tailgate. Share a Labatt on game day with your crew. Always enjoy responsibly beer. Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chilling by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the icon of vacations. Icon of the seas. Arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. Emery, what about, let's talk Army-Navy game. There's only one game this week at the FBS level. Now, there's some FCS playoff games. But at the FBS level, there's only one game. I think it's the greatest rivalry in sports. I'll be on the call for Westwood one with John Sadak, one of my favorite days of the year, every year. Army is laying a point, basically a pick them, right? right? Um, the total keeps getting bet down at DraftKings Sportsbook, keeps getting bet down. It's 33 right now. In terms of pro prospects, it's probably the best one we've had in the Army-Navy game in a long time. I should point out that Navy actually has a pretty good player as well in John Marshall, their senior linebacker, the only unanimous uh, all-conference first-team American was John Marshall. 
plays kind of an outside linebacker position. I think he's got a shot in the NFL special teams. They want linebackers that can cover. He's a little bit light, but they're going to look at him. He's got a good frame. They're going to look at him, Emery, and they're going to say, you know what? We can put a few more pounds. You know what he strikes me as? All these guys that are college safeties that they end up making um, they end up making linebackers. That's going to be John Marshall. He leads the conference with nine and a half sacks. He's good in coverage. This guy caught two touchdown passes from Caleb Williams in the D.C. Championship senior year of high school to beat uh, DeMatha. So he was a wide receiver in high school catching bombs from Caleb Williams, which is amazing. He's 6'2", 210. Emery, perfect. He'll be 6'2", he'll be 225, no problem. Be able to play on special teams, be able to, to play in space. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets drafted. But the real prospect in this game is Andre Carter, the defensive end from Army. He's listed at 6'7", 260. I think he's probably a little over 6'6", 250. You know, 13 and a half, or 15 and a half sacks last year. A lot of talk about him being a first-round player coming into this year, Emery. I don't really see that unless he goes down to the Senior Bowl and dominates. I think people want to see him be a little bit more physical at the point of attack. He moves very well. High school wide receiver, then tight end. Moves very well for his side. I'm talking cat-like quickness and change of direction. Serious length. Good with his hands. Has multiple moves. Got a good inside move. Good speed rush. My question for you, Emery, when you look at him, his upper body, it's not very physically impressive. He can easily put on 10, 15 pounds just in his upper body. He's not that physically strong. When you look at that, because I feel like some teams will look at that and that's a negative. And they'll be like, he's not strong enough, can't take him in the first round. Other teams will look at him and say, you know what? Look how good he's been. And he's not even strong. Like if we get him with us and he's not doing the military stuff and marching and getting up at 6 a.m. and he just drinks these smoothies and does this and do that. He could like be a legit monster because that's all the coaches army will tell you. Like, wait till he gets to the NFL. Like he is going to be a monster. Which way do you look at that? Emory? As you know me, Ross, as a guy that's positive by nature, I'm always looking at the upside. If he wasn't dominant and we're just talking about his frame, then I'd be on the other side. Like, you know, yeah, I'm kind of iffy on him because all we talk about is his height and his weight, but he doesn't play to his height and weight. We do that with receivers. But with, with this guy, we see the productivity and you're like, all I got to, it's not a, it's not even, you got to add, you know, 40 pounds. It's not like he's six, six and a half, 220. you know, He's already 250. You know, you could add strength and muscle. That's easy. You know, so I'm looking at, I got two words. I see, oh, that's two words right there. But I got two more words. I 
OC Yuminura, Matthias Kiwanuka. These are type the body types that you see. You can add strength. You can build the you know the the guy's weight up. You know, smooth out the technique a little bit. You can't coach the the skill that he has because he that's natural. That's God given. So that is the least of my worries. Like, give me this guy before anybody else gets him. Um, so because of that, I can I can see why. Like I would gamble in the first round because okay he has something that you can't coach you know the ball get off the you know the tactical skill he plays with length all the good things that you talked about but the things that people are gonna knock him for man that's 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 an easy fix like we can get him right quickly um, so yeah you to your point he goes out to the senior bowl man we talking about a guy that has a, a legit chance to go first round you know or um, High second round. Either way, it's a win for him and a win for Army. That's their that could be their best recruiting tool. I've always said this: they're a sleeping giant program, Army and Navy. If they just let guys go play pro ball, because that's an extension of your marketing department um, in terms of getting guys to, to enlist and sign up. Like imagine Army now on a recruiting trail with a first round NFL draft pick. Game over. Yeah, it's funny because they they have several guys in the NFL right now. Several. Right. Army has at least four I can think of off the top of my head. And it's a big selling point because they want to try to get the players that have aspirations to go to the NFL. Like they want to get those guys. And what they tell them is you got the world's best backup plan. You know, you got this locked in great education, five-year job. And then after that, the job placement's amazing. Speaking of jobs, Emery, last thing I wanted to ask you about. We'll probably talk more about this next week. Next week, I want to dive into the Bulls a little bit with you. We'll talk about where the FCS playoffs are. Bulls we're most excited to see. Um, evaluate the matchups in these Bulls. But just your thoughts on Dion going to Colorado? Personally, it sucks because, you you know, you selfishly, I should say, I wanted to see him stick it out at Jackson State and let's see Jackson State and other HBCUs move into the FBS. But professionally, I get it. I mean, when you think, when you look at what he's done, upgraded the practice facilities, upgraded the, you know, the locker room, brought in all sorts of money via sponsors and deals to the program. Undefeated this year in conference play. Um, He was undefeated last year in conference play. So he's won two SWAC championships and has a chance now to win a black college national championship if they win the Celebration Bowl with a perfect season. That hasn't happened since um, the late 90s, I believe, with uh, Rich Kamegi out there. You know, And, he, and Kamegi was the same guy, I think, that did it in the 80s, too, or, or Roden did it in the 80s. But I, I do know that it's been a while since Jackson State has been this football dominant. And so he had – we saw James Houston on Thanksgiving uh, make a play and get drafted and he made plays for, for the lions. So he not only produced NFL draft picks, you know, was a big part in brokering the, 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 the advent of the HBCU combine that now the senior bowl has attached to their event. He's got guys in the, in the NFL, he's gotten guys drafted in the alternate leagues. You know, he's won consistently at Jackson state. And before he left, he, in his press conference with the team, he's like, Hey, I think y'all need to bring in, T.C. Taylor, who's been a Jackson State lifer, one of the best football minds out there, who is already integrated with the the program. So he's trying to leave it better than what he's done. 
And I just think that, yeah, why it sucks selfishly, it makes sense for him to go and now be a power five guy. Yeah, he's going to take Shador. He's going to take Travis Hunter. That happens with any program. But, man, this dude did a lot in those two and a half years at Jackson. I think people – I know people are upset right now, but just be glad it happened as opposed to wondering if it would have happened, you know? It's unbelievable how much media attention – how much more media attention the HBCUs have gotten over the last couple of years since he did that. Unbelievable. He has done so much for the HBCUs. It's exactly what you said. People should be happy he came because now like people cover the HBCUs a lot more. They, and Eddie George took a job there. And who knows who else will take jobs there. So Hugh Jackson and Grambling. Yep. Hey, check him out. At F-Ball Game Plan on Twitter. Love my guy, Emery. Football Game Plan on YouTube. Check us out on YouTube as well. YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. Right now, right when the show's over, go to footballgameplan.com slash 2023 draft guide. Just buy it. Then, then you don't have to worry about it the next couple weeks or whatever. Soon it's ready. You will get it. The keg is kicked. We're all Oh, go ahead, Emery. Before we keg, kick the keg and it's all tapped out, Jamel Jones, quarterback, Army. Oh, yeah. Got to give a shout-out. His mom was my teacher in high school, Tanya Bartholomew Jones. Got to give her a shout-out. I remember when she was pregnant with Jamel. I remember when he was a little toddler, and I look up and I see him scoring touchdowns for the Army Black Knights. Crazy how life comes full circle. Jamel Jones, uh, one, of the, one of the better players on that team. He does a great job whenever he gets in and, and plays a position. That is so funny that you say that because when I met with him, a month or so ago, he mentioned that he grew up in New Orleans because I was asking him about Texas. And he's like, actually, I grew up in New Orleans. We were asking about food, and he, he loves New Orleans food. And he is a great young man with an awesome personality. Honestly, one of my favorite things about doing the Army games is talking with these guys every Friday morning. It, they're just such impressive young men, and it makes you – feel warm inside, you know, about, about our country. It's why I love doing the army Navy game on Saturday. If you're driving around going holiday shopping or whatever, first of all, you shouldn't do that. You should just go to myfrontpagestory.com. Secondly, listen to your boy. It'll be on pretty much every radio station there is. Now the keg is kicked and we're all tapped out. Thanks for listening to the College Draft Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Fantasy Feast, Even Money, and the Business of Sports. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.